common uh, exclamation you'll hear from children is, that's not fair, right? It's one of the uh, first things that seems to come into uh, children's consciousness. And uh, one of the undying truths of life that every child must learn, and if they don't learn it, they become miserable adults. And I don't mean miserable people, I mean they actually embrace misery. But one of those undying truths is that life is not fair. It is absolutely not fair. And this should be obvious to us. The entirety of our life is filled with that sort of lack of fairness. Not everybody is good at the, you know, at everything. Uh, not at, some people are really good at academics, some people are good at math, some are good at reading, some are good at music, some are good at, at sports, and some aren't. Some have physical abilities, some have mental abilities. Um, but the, through the whole strata of our lives, we run across the reality that things are not fair, right? Because fairness is everybody gets the same amount of stuff. Fairness is parents making sure all your kids get the same amount of presents at Christmas. Because if you don't, right? So there's some sort of equity that has to be preserved. Um, and in that realm, that, that's important because you, you know what will happen if you don't do that. But in life, this is not the case. Life is not fair. In fact, the world and societies tend to get into a whole lot of trouble when they try to exact or enforce some sort of fairness. Everybody gets the same stuff. This is how you get socialism. This is how you get communism. This is how you get wokeism. It's because you have authority seeking to make everything fair. And what they end up doing is creating more victims, right? Because you end up punishing those who actually excel. You punish those who strive. You punish those with, with talent. You just make more victims. And then often you elevate people who don't work as hard or don't have the same competencies as, as the others. It actually brings about a whole other strata of inequity, inequity. So what is God? Is God fair? No. <laughs> no. That is absolutely true. God is not fair. Fairness isn't a virtue. Fairness is not something we necessarily should even strive for. If I'm coaching a baseball team, and if you're not good enough to start, you won't, and you shouldn't, because there's an inequity. And that's not being unfair. It's putting the best people on the field. We've kind of lost sight of that, right? Everybody gets to start, everybody gets to play, everybody gets a ribbon, but we all know that there's something wrong with that because not everybody is the same. And what happens is when you try to make everybody the same, you end up losing the distinctiveness of the human person and the richness of, of a community that has differences. God is not fair. What is he? He is just. Justice is a virtue. What's the difference? Well, for the test, <laughs> fairness is everybody gets the same stuff. Justice is people get what they are owed. People get what is due them. 
and to not give them what they are owed is to be unjust and is to sin. It is not sinful that not everybody gets the same amount of stuff. That's not a sin. But to not be just. And so in our society, we've sort of lost that distinction. God has not. It's very clear from the gospel. It's very clear the book of Job. It's very clear in other gospels. But let's recount this parable. You got a landowner sending people to work. Go out in the vineyard and work. Some people work the whole day. And then some people work like an hour and they all get paid the same. That's not fair. It's true. That is not fair. But it is not unjust. Because the people who went out in the early part of the day agreed to the day's wage. And they're saying, you know, as they come in, they collect their pay. Wait a second, you paid the people who worked one hour the same as you paid us. Right. That's what we agreed on. It is not an injustice. You agreed on that. I agreed on it as well. And so I gave you what was owed to you. Well, what about giving more to the people who didn't work as much? That doesn't, that's not fair. It's not fair, but it is not unjust. It is generous. It's merciful. The parallel, of course, is, the, the idea here is that this is all about salvation. Even in the early church, even in, in, the, in the Old Testament, people were concerned about this lack of, of fairness. And Jesus was criticized over and over and over for spending time with all the people who weren't good enough, all the sinners, all the bad people. He should have been spending time with the good people, all the, all the good Jews, but he didn't. He spent time with all the bad Jews, all the ones who knew they were sinners. And he was questioned about this over and over. He gives this parallel to say, what God has offered you is salvation and you shall have it. That is what you are owed because of the agreement that God has made with you. He has offered you salvation. Yeah, but I was a faithful Catholic for, you know, 40 years. I, I never missed a mass. And you're telling me that those people who came late to mass today, <laughs> they get the same as I do? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because what we receive here is Jesus Christ. You don't get a greater percentage because you, did, you were better. No, you get the same Jesus just like we get the same salvation. There's no other Jesus to have but the all, all of Jesus, the totality of him. Just in a, as in a sacrament, we receive the host, we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity. We receive the entire Jesus because you can't have the real presence and only have like, well, 10% of the real presence or 50% or you were good this week, so you get 20% and you were not so good, so you get 10%. That's not how it works. God offers his self and offer salvation. That's the agreement. What do we need to do? Say yes to that and accept that. And what you, so what happens in, in the early church and in the scriptures, you read about people getting upset about, wait a second, all of those people who came late to the Lord. You know, we've been parishioners here at St. Thomas for, you know, 25 years. What about all those new people? Well, what does Jesus do? He tells us, which, which among you, having 99 sheep, will not go after the one lost sheep? Leave all the rest and go after the lost one. 
Jesus eats and drinks with sinners and tax collectors, not all the self-righteous people. God throws a banquet and says, all of you people are invited. They were too busy. They had stuff going on. So he said, all right, we'll go into the streets and just get anyone you can. And so they come and they're invited into heaven. The Lord Jesus' heart is with those who are imperfect, who aren't sure, who don't have it all together, who are still in process, who are still on the way. His heart is not with those who think they have it all put together. I have come for those in need of a physician. I've come for the sick, those who are sick, which really means those who understand that they have an an interior lack that needs to be filled, that needs to be redeemed. And all of those who don't think they need to be redeemed because they're good enough, basically God can't do anything with them. There's no space for him. The most dangerous place to be spiritually is thinking that we are righteous and we have it all figured out. As your pastor, I aspire to have a parish filled with mongrel Catholics. (laughs) I mean that very affectionately. With Catholics who aren't sure, who don't have it all put together, who don't always do the right thing, but they thirst for meaning and goodness and God. That's where Jesus' heart is. That's where my heart is. That's why our focus on this par- in this parish and, and my focus is constantly trying to reach out to bring more people here. At all costs, not at all costs, but at many costs. Why? Because if I can just get them here, eating the burritos <laughs> and the donut, I don't care. Why do, Father, you serve food at everything you do. Yeah, we're bribing people. Is that not obvious? We're absolutely bribing people. Seems to be a good, good uh, expense. As a parish, one of the things I'm so proud of being your pastor is how welcoming you are. And when I came here, I found the parish very welcoming. So this is well-established even before me. It's one of the most beautiful things you do is how good you are to each other, how kind you are. I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud to be your pastor because of that. And we live in a time where it's hard to know the truth, to find the truth, to find God. It's just so much harder. And so we really need to help people. And one of the ways to do that is to be as welcoming as we can. It's not that there aren't any standards, but to be as welcoming as we can, to be as loving as we can, and to encourage those who don't have it all put together which really is all of us. It really is. I mean, there are times when we're strong, we're doing great, and then there's those other times. That's just how life is. But our God is faithful. He is always there for us. He will never abandon us. And his heart, when you're in those moments of doubt or confusion or not sure or failure, his heart is with you always. And so is mine. Please stand.